All right, welcome back to TechStrong TV live at RSA conference in San Francisco. Coming up now, we have a very, very special edition of the Tech Strong Women series that we run on TechStrong TV quite a bit. Uh, my co-host Tracy Bannon from MITRE and I are very, very excited to have today's guests. To my immediate right is Charity Wright, who is uh, cyber threat analyst over at LaunchDarkly. Or no, Recorded Future. Recorded I'm sorry. Future. Uh -huh. uh, welcome. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. us today. I do appreciate it. Good stuff. And then Chris Bondi, who is the CEO of, is it Mimoto or Mimoto? Mimoto. Mimoto. Okay, great. I'm so glad to have you as well. I, we're, we were all just meeting, and so we just kind of immediately sat down and just started gabbing because <laughs> that's what we do because we, we, we so enjoy just learning about each other and and because you learn about each other you mm -hmm. learn from each other and i think that that's so important in this line of work for anybody it doesn't really matter if you're male or female having the conversation is so so very important wanted to uh first of all um thank everybody here at rsa so what, what a great day we've had so far having conversations and just meeting people and just being here in person what a great thing what a great thing um, Tech Strong Women is a show where we talk about women in IT from the, the, the celebratory perspective. We really want to celebrate the successes of women in IT and in cybersecurity and talking, uh, talking about the collective experience about, uh, of women in the IT and cybersecurity space. So it's so great to have, uh, have everybody live and in person. Normally we do this over Zoom, so it's great to have everybody here. Um, I, I really, I don't have an agenda for this show. I really just want to talk to you guys. I want to learn about you guys. I want to know, um, you know, where you come from, what you're doing, uh, you know, tell, tell us, tell us about yourself. Charity, why don't you start us? Tell us, okay. tell us about what you do as a, as a cyber threat analyst over at Recorded Future and how you got to where you are. Sure. Um, I'm a threat intel analyst and I worked within a, a pretty large research team. And well, first I'll tell you how I got started and how I got into this role. I started in the U.S. Army. I joined to be a linguist and they assigned me to learn Mandarin Chinese. Oh, wow. So I got to spend a, a couple of years learning Chinese. Um, and then I was stationed at the National Security Agency doing some pretty cool intelligence analysis there. Mm -hmm. um, and when I decided to transition out of the military, it's really not really sure, like, where am I going to go from here? And then I saw some threat intel jobs uh, at cybersecurity companies. And I thought, well, I know nothing about cyber, but it's time to learn because I really see cyber being the future of intelligence. Um, and so I just jumped into a cyber threat intelligence role. And what we do is, um, you know, we find out how the hackers are working, how they're getting into our networks, um, what tactics, techniques, tools they're using. Um, but we're also diving into more than just technical intel. Mm -hmm. um, my particular role at Recorded Future involves uh, analyzing Chinese influence operations, disinformation, coordinated, malign, state-sponsored disinfo, um, and also strategic level intelligence like geopolitics. Um, you know, like what are we going to do if China decides to invade Taiwan someday? How does that affect not only governments, but also enterprises um, around the world? So our clients uh, rely on us for that very, um, you know, uh, very specific mm -hmm. 
detailed, actionable intel to help protect themselves and their their people. Well, Charity, with with this growing emphasis on influences, how do you influence a, a people group or a population? I'm really interested if you've been um, looking at some of the threats that come from the deep fakes. Um, I've seen that from a corporate perspective. We also saw Zelensky's uh, really poorly done deep fake, mm -hmm. right, where he's telling his comrades in arms to to lay them down. Yeah. Um, is that something that you guys are also keeping your eyes on, or the the, yeah. the deep fakes? Absolutely, it's one of the emerging threats that that we're keeping a close eye on, and we're trying to create technology and AI that can automatically detect a deep fake photo or video. That way. You know, humans make mistakes. We can miss things. We have bias. Mm -hmm. So maybe it looks real to us, but there's some technical details in the photo or video that's easier for a computer to detect mm -hmm. than it is for us. So that's definitely uh, one of those trends that we're keeping a close eye on. Well, that's been our final frontier, right? We we learned that we couldn't always believe what we heard, mm -hmm. and but I could, mm -hmm. you know, you had to see it with your own eyes. Right. Well, now even if you see it with your own eyes. It can't be on a screen. I need to see it with my own eyes. So it's, it's really, really changing that rapidly. True. It's a challenging um, area of threats to analyze because a lot of times it involves politics, it involves very sensitive issues, and you're talking about this stuff in the workplace. It can get a little awkward. And also we have to check each other's bias. For example, I, I'm an American and I served in the US Army and NSA. I work with... Um, people from all around the world that have different worldviews and different perspectives mm -hmm. on the same subject. And so it's great to have them kind of check me and go, well, you would think that because you're American. And that's fine with me. I'm like, oh, you're right. I never yeah. thought about it from this other point of view. Yeah. And I think that's really important, the diversity, you know, to check these complex emerging threats. That's definitely something that diversity is um, definitely something that we will be talking about and that I, you know, I want to learn more about you know, how you, how your organization approaches this and, yeah. and, and a bias and, and, you know, so many different levels. So yeah, let's put a pin in that and yes. get back to that. But, but Chris, <laughs> why don't you tell us about yourself and your organization and how you got to where you are? So uh, Momoto analyzes every time a human interacts with the system to be able to, because as we often say, a, um, a credential, it's a fallacy to assume a credential is an actual person. Mm -hmm. And so we are analyzing to, to know that it is that person or it's not that person, and also contextually bringing that into it. Uh, I started in, I started as a reporter way long ago, and then uh, moved into, you know, sort of the, the arc was uh, community, communications, marketing. And the reality is, um, you know, the secret is I've been doing the same thing all along which is um, asking follow-up questions. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I was always really good at tech. And so I worked a lot in DevOps and a lot in things that were community building. And it was because I asked follow-up questions. In fact, the thing that I would get scolded for repeatedly is I would always say, I'm not technical. And somebody would be like, yeah, you're, yeah. Stop. You're, you're, you're technical. Yeah, you're it, more technical to this person, less technical than well, that. We're all technical. Yeah. Well, and the, the thing was, but, you know, it was, I was like, well, I don't code. Then say you don't code. He's like, you actually understand how all these things come together. That's being technical. And that's, but it's because I always ask follow-up mm -hmm. questions. Yeah. Like, well, and how did that happen? How do you do that? What's interesting is that we've had uh, a number of amazing women on our show. 
and a number of them have started out in reporting or communications. Um, I'm uh, so Melissa. I'm neglecting the name right now, but she started out and she was writing obituaries and how that. Yes, yes, it was. And why that was so curious because she's doing cyber work now. She found that she had to dive deeper into the person's life to come up with that story, to create the wow. storyline on who they are and what they are. And she, it, she would then ask, well, they married them, but where did they marry? Well, where did they meet? Right. And she would track back those things. So kind of a similar, similar vein where you learn to ask a lot of questions. And uh, I thought it was interesting. That's fascinating. Well, I think I think in, especially in the cybersecurity space, you have to ask those questions mm -hmm. to get to, you know, to get to where wherever it is that you're going. Right whether it's understanding what the threat is or how the threat actors actually infiltrated the network or wherever. So I, I think those questions are very, very important. They're critical, actually. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you, if, if you innately are the type to ask those type of questions, you're going to do very well in cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and so how I ended up here was, you know, it all ends up rolling in. And I had, um, I'd worked with my co-founder, before and I had, um, you know, there was a problem and there was a, you know, it's because that, that's the other thing, like you always come up with a problem and from having that back and forth of like, you know, there's this problem he keeps seeing and because it's not, it's, it's not only understanding it's a person, but it's not, um, it is actually being able to catch the attack. Mm -hmm. So, which is what you do is, I'm really happy we're here, but I'm really glad when we're done because I have so many questions. <laughs> so many questions that I'm like, I'm like, when we're done, I can ask questions. Can we cut, um, to, cut to the question? <laughs> but, um, you know, being able to, you're like, okay, like how, how can we address the, you know, so there's ransomware. Mm -hmm. So how can we address that problem? And so, and how can we address, you know, like, so anytime there's a big breach, it's like, okay, solar winds, like, where could we have done that? Or, mm -hmm. you know, like I've become a, um, I've become a groupie of breaches now. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm always like, and how did that happen? <laughs> and, you know, and, and who did what? And how it's did like that happen? The yeah. true crime of the, the, 20th yeah. Yeah. So, you've, so you've got your URL bookmarked to Port Swigger <laughs> and you're out there and every couple of days seeing what the latest breaches. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, I feel like it's, it's very important for, uh, you know, as, as I said before, to ask those questions, you know, to almost be like annoying with them. It's like the why, why, but why, you know, like the, the kid, mm -hmm. you know, with his mom is like, why mom, why, you know? And, and so I, 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 I just, my thought, I feel like women do that much better. We're, we're okay. Um, we're much better at asking the questions and we're not afraid. And Chris, you and I were talking about it before. We're not afraid to say it. You know, if, if we, we get to a, a particular point where, you know, we, we need to get answers, mm -hmm. we need to know something or, or we need to you know, get our feelings known, we, we're, we're going we're gonna to ask the questions. But don't you also think that as much as I am an advocate for equality, I also recognize and actually applaud, right? Celebrate the differences and the way that women's brains tend to work and the way mm -hmm. that men's brains tend to work. And it's not for everyone. It's not a broad brushstroke. But in, in generalities women seem to be able i've noticed in their career progressions more women being uh, in in the data analytics area more in the database and data organization because there seems to be this way to see all of the marbles and start to form them into something that i don't necessarily maybe it's pattern finding um i'm not sure 
but I've, I seem to notice that more with women than yeah. that. That would be men. my career progression. And okay. it, and even though it hasn't been in data, it has definitely been the, and how do all the, I always describe it as, as, you know, like you, I'm fascinated with you doubt, you know, like you do this and this happens, you do this and this. Oh, so that if I put these things together and it is, then and, what? and that is exactly how, that's how ecosystems work. Mm -hmm. That That's how, you know, that's how you grow a business. That's how you find, you know, in fact, the, the other piece of that ends up being with the, with threat intelligence. And, and it's fast, again, fascinating to me about what you do is because I really think that we're at a point and we've been past this point of it's life critical that, that governments and corporate corporations work together mm -hmm. because there are, you know, whether it is hospitals, whether it's infrastructure, it's, you know, whether it's yeah. um, toppling of governments mm -hmm. that without them working together, you know, we're, we're at a critical point now. Yeah. Absolutely. Those partnerships are so important. And I wanted to follow up on what you were saying about how women contribute in very like different ways. Something that I've observed in threat intelligence is that myself and some of my other female colleagues, the analysts, we tend to follow our intuition mm -hmm. and our instincts in our investigations. And sometimes I just can't put my finger on what is pushing me towards this angle. Mm -hmm. And and the, a lot of the gentlemen I work with, um, they're, they're more like logical about mm -hmm. things, which is very useful in its own way. But sometimes they're like, but how did you even know to look over there? And I'm like, I don't know. Something just told me, don't stop here, look over here. See, I, in that same vein, I don't think it's that men don't think that. I think they tend to dismiss it where it gnaws at us. Like there's, okay. there's something there. I think yeah. women are very logical as well, but maybe we are less about streamlining the process and following that decomposition of information mm -hmm. and more about what, what, why did it go here? Like mm -hmm. back to what Charlene said earlier, trusting your gut. asking the whys, mm -hmm. yeah. asking the whys. Trusting your gut is, that's exactly how I describe it. Mm -hmm. Just trust it and go with it. Yeah. Every time I don't, I always end up regretting it. Yeah. There's always yeah. something that comes back. It's like, why, why didn't I? You know, that becomes a really handy tool if your spouse or your partner <laughs> agrees with you that your spider sense is usually right because everyone's well. Hopefully he's not listening. Uh, you can say, no, I, I, my spider sense says, he'll be like, oh, okay, well, I guess we shouldn't do that. <laughs> right, right. It probably saves you a whole lot of money in the long run, too. Or, or the other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just spend a lot of money and you're not going to get angry about it. So, so I, I, I'm very uh, interested. I, I just, you know, obviously cybersecurity is such a fascinating area. And I'm interested in, in, determine, I mean, your both of your paths seem very almost linear when it comes to cybersecurity, but really what was it about it that drew it, drew you to it in the first place? Hmm. Whoever. I think for me, I started looking at where is intelligence going? Mm -hmm. Like military intelligence is what I worked in before, but I wanted to expand. And I knew at the agency, they were really building a big cyber program um, back then, it was uh, 2009, 2010. Um, and I thought, okay, if they're doing that here at the agency, what's going on in the private sector? So when I started looking for a job in the private sector back home in Dallas, I just saw cybersecurity jobs everywhere. But at that point, threat intelligence was kind of 
just getting the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to say it was brand new in 2015, but it was like 2010 through 2015. It was, it was new. Um, and I thought, man, I need to jump on this. Like, this is, is where we're mm -hmm. going mm -hmm. for Intel. It's going to be all digital. It's going to be cyber. It's going to be hacking. Um, so I thought, you know what? I don't consider myself a, good at math or science so i was kind of doubting myself getting into the field but i sat down with some fellow military veterans who saw my resume and they said if you can learn chinese you can learn cyber <laughs> <laughs> and i was like thank you guys for having confidence in me um and that kind of boosted me uh into the industry yeah. i think in so in my side it it came from being in the technologies and going like part of the thing i mean i live I live in the Bay Area. And mm -hmm. part of the thing of seeing so many different technologies is that sometimes there are technologies that do things that sound cool, but I'm like, but what is, what is it actually solving? Mm -hmm. And so it was that part of, of, you know, I want to, I want to work on something that makes a difference. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's one of the things about jumping from being a, um, being executive in a company to being a co-founder is that I you know, it's like, well, what is it really solving? And there's a, you know, there's a, um, a few reports that come out every year, one of them being the IBM one. And, you know, three, re three years running, it's been a longer amount of time. So it's, you know, on average, 287 days to detect and fix a breach. Mm. I'm like, that's a big that's problem. A big yeah. That's Huge. a big issue. And mm -hmm. so like, you know, how do we make, you know, if we can, if I can, make a difference in that mm -hmm. that's significant and so if i'm going to be in technology i want to be in technology that i know is actually solving something and not yeah. not vanity not, not vanity not, not vanity <laughs> and and i understand like you know make somebody's life easier yeah there's a market for that but like in the end of the day like you know what will matter to to governments and healthcare, you know to yeah, you know, like those things matter to me. Making Absolutely. a difference. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what you guys both are doing is making a difference. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day. <laughs> so I mean, you you know you. But we're doing it in like fantastic nail polish. Well, <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, her fantastic nail polish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, I, I kind of keep coming back to this this core idea that. You know, women bring empathy. We bring these kind of you know softer ideals to technology and to cybersecurity, things that traditionally maybe weren't considered a, 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 a positive, a, a, you know, a benefit, but I think has enriched the areas so much. And frankly, when we don't have that level of the feminine intuition, mm -hmm. the, you know, the, 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 just the, the gut checks, the, mm -hmm. you know, the understanding and wanting to make the world a better place. I, I, I when we don't have that, I, I think we're, we, we really are missing something. Mm -hmm. and, and well, it's necessary though. I think we forgot about it for a while. Mm -hmm. I think pre pandemic, at least I'm, I'm noticing it here, even men and women being much more empathetic to one another, giving each other grace. You'll see somebody you haven't seen for a while and they're like, you're surveying, can I hug them? Mask on, mask off, Where, what's their safe space? But I, where I'm going with that is, I think that we forgot about humanity and women were not, right? If we look at the progression, 
male-dominated workforce. So they've got their command and control structures uh, in, in every business in every way, how they have departments oriented, right? Everything in a hierarchy, a really regimented hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And everything got really messy and everything got, got really difficult. And we tried to scale those things. And command and control works on the battlefield. It doesn't work for software. It doesn't work for cyber. It doesn't work for all the other things. I think we're at that inflection point that the pandemic, ha- as well as the technology spinning so fast forward, kind of forced us to take a pause and say, hey, we need to be thinking about the humans. We and yeah. Yeah. the human element. But the human element. I, 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 I definitely agree with that. But I don't think that being empathetic means necessarily being um not not being strategic and not being soft i think that it actually comes back to all everything you said about it it just now let's flip it and it's all relationship yeah and understanding how those relationships so one of the things we were talking about earlier was about um i have an annoyance when it comes to um (laughs) ready for something like not to stop a sentence (laughs) um I have an issue with <clears throat> diversity and inclusion programs mm-hmm. because uh, when they are all focused on how do we get, how do we you know, go to the, let's go to the universities. And I think we should bring people in at a, to be able to have people come in, but you need to be able to have a path. Mm-hmm. So what I really get annoyed about it's, um, is that people give lift service to that. Um, if I have one more person who tells me how, you know, like, oh, we're, you know, we're, we're trying to embrace having, you know, giving more funding to females. stuff. You're not, it's not, you're doing me a favor. We, we all know that there's better outcomes if you have a diverse executive team. Period. Mm -hmm. So if you have, yeah, if, and, and that's, but it's not just diverse, like in the, there's, there's a tech company that had this leadership page that I used to do presentations and show them. And it was, um, here's a test for all of us. It was all white men, one female. What was her role? Chief marketing officer. No, even, sometimes no, no, chief no. People if, officer. There she was. Oh. She was because because if she's not working, she has to be PR. Mm-hmm. And they had so this leadership team, all white. And then you went to their career page, and it was like, oh look, everyone else can be here. And it was and 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 they're mm-hmm. talking about the, like how much they how much they support a diverse culture. I'm like. No, you don't. Look at you. Mm-hmm. Leadership matters. Mm-hmm. Leadership matters. Absolutely. And so, like, don't tell me you're doing us a favor by allowing a woman in the room when the fact is the woman in the room, because there's a different perspective, mm-hmm. you know, and or because that and they may be looking at the different relationships. That's actually becoming a strategic advantage. It is. So exactly. I hate to put the non-human spin on it, <laughs> but it's actually a strategic advantage to have diversity of thought. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. but I actually think that 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 but that's my point. I mean, it, it is. Uh, it it is exactly that. Is it is it's a strategic advantage. But I think that that's what's driving some of the Jedi, the justice, equality, diversity initiatives. I don't think altruistically, I'd love it to be that we've all had a change of heart and we're now embracing all of this. I would lay a penny down and betcha <laughs> that some of those are being driven more by a bottom line or a way to attract somebody or that we're getting better product. I, I wanted I wanted to happen anyway and yeah. and. For as much as I want it to be for for the like of the good heart, mm-hmm. the reality is, I don't want 
I don't want somebody taking credit for it. And because when times get tough, mm -hmm. then those are the things that drop off. Oh, yeah. Muscle memory is strong. So you know, let's strong. let's focus on what's going to actually. Yeah. Fine. This is what's going to move your business forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I my big pet peeve is being the token woman. You know, so the token female. So I get to, you know, moderate webinars. I get to be like the face because I'm the face, I'm the female, I'm the face of diversity mm -hmm. and inclusion. And, and it's a, I, you know, does it mean me, that you're any me, less though? It doesn't. No, yeah. but, but, it's but, still but it, but it does send the wrong message. Mm -hmm. If that's the only reason why I'm being chosen for something, mm -hmm. <laughs> I say, no, I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, you choose for me Does as a person. Does that mean I should turn down the email that I recently got that said, we're looking to make our panel more diverse and we thought of you. Really? <laughs> really? Right. Does that mean yeah, you thought of me when yeah. you were talking, when you were picking the topic? Right. Right. Or right. You thought of me as, like, who are as, the experts a, on this topic? Did you think of me or, or did you say, I'm, huh, I'm, that looks pretty yeah. cisgendered. Hmm. Might need to change that. Let's call it Trace. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, 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 I hate the lip service. I hate the, you know, we're, we're very, uh, we're very, mm -hmm. we're all about gender equality, parity. We really, you know, we're, we're just, and then actions speak louder than words every single day. Yeah. And so but if it's, if it's, I'm, as long as you tell me what your intention is. I'm going to be okay with the honesty. So if your intention is, yeah, strategically we need to do this. This is a good business practice. Well, I'm at least going to give you a little bit of respect for having told me the, the truth about it. I saw something interesting. I can't remember if it was on, on LinkedIn or on Twitter, but it is essentially it was a meme that said, don't tell me about your diversity program. Instead, just give me your data. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. I posted that. <laughs> it was wonderful, though. It was, give me, give me your data. Yeah. You know, what? Are, what? Are, show me the salary ranges. Show yeah. me comparatively. Yeah. Show me your women hires and mm -hmm. your male hires. Show me your... Length of service. Length. All that. Show me all that. I just want your data. Yeah. Yes. And people are pushing back on that. Companies are pushing back on that whenever they hear about it. You know why I came to record a future two years ago? It's because I knew I was being underpaid at my other company. And some of my colleagues were like, you, you should be making more than that. And I was like, thank you for letting me know. Um, and then when I came to record a future and I said, you know, like to make at least what I'm making at the other role with bonuses included. And they said, oh, that's not enough. We're going to pay you more than that. We're going to pay you what you're worth. And that blew me away. I was like, wow, they didn't have to disclose that. They did it on purpose mm -hmm. to let me know as a woman, you're being underpaid and you're worth much more. We're going to pay you what you're worth. That was so that's, impactful. That's a company you want to stay with. Absolutely. Yeah, there were other options. I thought, nope, I'm going yeah. with this one because I feel that's valued. Yeah. yeah. And that in, in that in that case, this is a case where money talks and it ta and, and it speaks the right language. Mm -hmm. You know, when if if you've got if you've got a company that is willing to tell you you're not being paid enough, we want to you know we respect and we value you. And we're willing to up the ante, even though we don't, we know we don't have to, because we know what you're making now. We could completely under, you mm -hmm. know, under. Yeah, we could underpay. Right. But yeah, but we're not going to. I mean, that's, 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 yeah. that's, volume. It takes guts. 
for a company to do that, for HR to be honest and transparent and just say, hey, you know, males in your role make this much more. And we think that you're worth that. Oh, man, that's that's the change we need. That was so one of the things when I because I obviously went a different path than you. Um, one of the things that I was always sensitive to was um, when I was starting out was and this is the thing with intuition was that I didn't take the roles that um, I didn't take the roles that I was offered that I didn't think would help advance my career. Mm. And so there were things that were, um, you know, when I was first starting out, you come out of college and they're like, oh, you know, well, you know, we call it, we call it an executive assistant, but really, and they're like, no, I, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take that role. And, you know, or I had um, people who would be recruiters who would say like, oh, you know, you, you know, like, oh, you know, it's a director role. And I know you're saying a VP, but you know, like, you know, it doesn't matter here. It may not matter here, but it matters to the next place. Sure. And I always thought about like, I'm not going to be in this place forever. Mm-hmm. So I need mm-hmm. to, I need to actually get a title that oh, I had one job early on where it wasn't a, it wasn't a, um, it wasn't an executive system, but it was a role that the job title wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And so when I went for the next job that actually reflected what I was doing, they're like, it's a shame that you had it listed as demand gen. And really you were doing all this. And it really, it was like a much bigger role. Hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. I've just learned a lesson I'll never forget. And so I always like, you know, I always made sure that everything I did, the title reflected what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I, may be wrong, but I always assumed that part of that was coming from the fact I was female of, you know, the, there was the push more of like, oh, it, you know, like, oh, you should be fine with that. Yeah. I'm like, no, just yeah. accept it. It'll be okay, honey. Yeah. That, that never seemed to work <laughs> with me. That, Amazingly. It never seemed <laughs> oh, to work. that, that oh, honey. Yeah, honey. Sweetheart. But, but I think it, it also, um, to your point though, it's it's also degrees, right? So you could be a C level exec at a, you know at a small business, you know, the kind of on the low end of the totem pole, or you could be maybe a step lower from a title perspective. Mm-hmm. Maybe move on to you know into a VP role right. at a company that is three times the size. Right. Mm-hmm. You know that might not sound at at. At first, it might not oh. sound like a step up, right. but it oh, really... Oh, yo, most yeah. definitely is a massive mm-hmm. step yeah. up. Yeah. So, you know, it's, sometimes that doesn't come through, though. If you're just looking at a resume, you're like, oh, well, you were well, a CMO, yeah. and now you're a VP of, you know, sales enablement but or something like that. Most of the times, I would think that... I would hope. I would hope. The mm-hmm. person who was hired would, would end up... Would be able to see that yeah. part of... The organization their homework too a little bit not a lot of homework but a little bit of homework google yeah. two of the com- the last three companies google the last three oh yeah. that has three hundred thousand. Oh, that has 10 yeah. okay well there's right <laughs> yeah but i think you know just in innately mm-hmm. sometimes when we we think about roles and titles having you know a particular title no matter what size company you're working for it's a great thing to have you know, and then you move to, you know, you're like, oh, I don't know, I was this, but now they want me to be this. And even though it's a, it's a much better and, and, you know, it's a better fit, it's a better job, it's a better company. Do I really want it? Cause it, maybe it looks like it's a step down. So, I think it, I think it has to do with, is it, is it what you want to be doing? Yeah. So if, you know, if I were, you know, 
if I were a, um, I spoke with, I spoke with a candidate recently who she has a, you know, she has a background in data scientists mm -hmm. and as a data scientist, and she is looking at being in a different role. And so not, you know, not necessarily a, a step backwards, but a step sideways. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, you know, knowing like, oh, well, this gets me into doing X. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I think that that's still, mm -hmm. as long as it's on the path. And I think that's the important thing is as long as, I think as long as it's, it, it's advancing what you want, it doesn't have to always be your career, but if it is, if there is a certain career you want, mm -hmm. then make sure that what you're doing advances your career. There mm -hmm. was, I did a lot of hopping around technology wise in the beginning because I wanted to learn, because I'm curious, most of it, I wanted to learn the Ask latest question. Yeah. I wanted <laughs> to learn all the, all the different technologies. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was always like, what's the cutting edge? What's the cutting edge? Mm -hmm. And so I took, in the beginning lateral moves because I wanted to learn the different technologies. Yeah. I, that's, that's a great, great way to approach, you know, a, a greater understanding and, and really honing in on what, what you really love doing, you know, finding your, 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 finding your spot, finding your, yeah. your joy, basically. I believe so. strongly in that. I always tell people life's too short to stay in a role that you're either unhappy in or it's not leading you to where you want to go in your career. And, and that means we have to map it out too. Right. Um, have an idea of the direction you're going so you can make strategic moves. It's important. I was asked a question earlier today and the question was, what would you tell your younger self? And I was fairly open-ended. Um, but what I found myself, I was, I was thinking, well, at what age? Like which, which younger self am I talking about? Um, but if I were to look over the last maybe 15 years and say, what would I tell my younger self? It would be to lower my pain threshold because I got a pretty bad pain threshold. And there are times where I just kept fighting the good fight and I was doing the right things because I was honestly wanted to make a difference. I wanted to change something. And maybe I can fix this toxic situation. Maybe I could do that. So when I think about some of the things you're talking about, my younger self would say, oh, well, you might, that's a little selfish to run after that. You've got something to fix first. Um, so I like where you're going and I like your advice to folks is don't have too high a pain tolerance. Yeah. Allow yourself to not be in toxic situations or in places that don't bring you joy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So where do you guys think, and this is kind of maybe an existential question, but where, where do you think we're headed particularly in IT and cyber, as you know, we, we do see more equity and parity and, and diversity for the sake of, you know, being, let, let me rephrase that, not because we're female, not because we fit in profile, but because we are very competent and we're very knowledgeable and we bring so much to the table. And I, I honestly believe that we have a lot of work to do but there are a lot of organizations that do recognize the importance of having a diverse and equitable workforce. So where do you, uh Oh, <laughs> Chris is giving me a look. Sorry. Um, <laughs> workforce, not leadership. Um, okay. um, you know, like that is, I, I agree. And, yeah. and I will say that I think it is a testament to the, the women who are in that diverse workforce 
it's because of the skills of people like you who like you, you know, you can't keep somebody like you out, not for company, right? you couldn't keep somebody like you out because they're, because you are doing a good quality mm-hmm. product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not reflected in the leadership. Okay. Um, I, I, one of the things I mentioned before is that I'm, I'm a member of a executive group that, that talks to um, an expert group that talks to um, trying to do this without saying anything. So we'll go with, I'm a, a, a part of an executive group that uh, a group of experts. I'm the only female. That was the point I was getting to. I'm the only female in cybersecurity. Wow. Yeah. I'm not the only expert. I'm really not. You're not I'm, the only female. I'm not the, I'm not the only female who's an expert in cybersecurity. Any more seats at the table where you can bring somebody else along with you? Um, can you reach back and I, bring the next gen? Well, the um, yes, but I just found that out. That's why I'm having this oh, like so indignant. Oh, I got <laughs> it. Because got it. I just found that I'm like, I'm seriously the, like, the only yeah, one. Yeah, that <laughs> was that, that was still. Yeah, and that type of thing is um, so. I think that. What's disturbing to me about cybersecurity is that I think that it has more, as opposed to other types of technology, has a more diverse uh, work base. Mm-hmm. But I still don't see it at the top. Okay. And I think that that is um, personally painful for me. Yes. <laughs> but I think I think that's universal. I don't think it's in cybersecurity specifically. I think it's in yeah. it's in all areas. Yeah. It is in all areas, yeah. but cybersecurity <laughs> should be better. Absolutely, and 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 you are absolutely right. I talk to people um, in cybersecurity who don't don't fit any profile whatsoever, and they're amazing people, and mm-hmm. they bring so much to the table. But you you never hear about them in leadership right. positions. They hit that glass ceiling. And they've gone as far as they can go because for whatever reason, the upper management doesn't think that they, uh, you know, reflect well on the company because they've got pink hair. No offense. I love your hair. (laughs) It's okay. But it's It's it's, keeping me out of the C-suite. I know. It's, it's, you know, (laughs) there's there's always a reason, you know, you you don't fit that that profile of an executive. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's wrong and that really has to change but but i also think that it's 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 everywhere it's not just cybersecurity. oh gosh no mm-hmm. no but this is where i am right here so yeah. that's mm-hmm. where i'm going to be yeah more okay, here. <laughs> i currently work for a company with many women in leadership roles at the top executives we call it the circle of trust um but there are so many women in those leadership roles and i see the real life impact in the company um, and, you know, even our CEO, who's a, a man, has set goals like, hey, we want more women in this company. How do we make this happen? Let's refer women in. You know, so many smart, qualified women out there. Refer them into these jobs. We're at 27% right now, but we're working our way up. And it's really amazing to see what kind of an impact these women in leadership have in the company. Um, and it trickles from the top down. You know, it's- we feel supported. We feel seen. Um, you also have an ally there. Your absolutely. CEO is truly being yeah. an actual ally. Yes, Christopher Not, is a great ally. Yeah. We're really, really um, lucky to have him in a leadership position. And and maybe it's a cultural thing, too, because Recorded Future was founded in Sweden, and they have a much more progressive um, 
you know, future forward looking, um, I guess, worldview mm -hmm. on, on gender. Mm -hmm. um, and just having their perspective on things is really helpful too. Sometimes they think of things that I wouldn't think of. And uh, it's, it's kind of like mind opening, mm -hmm. mind altering, you know? It's yeah, it's, it's like if you've never traveled the world, then, you know, how, how can you view, yeah, how can you have a worldview? Yeah. How can you see, you know, the way that other people live and, and, and how they think and how they come to the, you know, the conclusions the old that statement, they do? The books you read and the people you meet, mm -hmm. right? And that exactly. can only be accomplished by getting outside of your house, yeah. getting outside of your normal world. Yeah. yeah. You know, when I was growing up, I used to be <laughs> one of those political science nerds that watch C-SPAN all the time because <laughs> I didn't like watching my news filtered through somebody else's views and opinions. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I just want to see the Senate hearing and decide mm -hmm. for myself. Um, and I, I noticed during one of the Senate Intelligence Committee meetings, there were no women in that committee at that time when I was a teenager. And I was sitting there watching it with my dad and I'm like, dad, why are there no women in this committee? He said, I don't know, but you should go change that. And I'm like, well, I'm not into politics, but I'll, I'll do that in other areas. So when I got into cyber, I recognized that all of the people on stage speaking at conferences were men. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why are there no women on stage? And, you know, dad's voice came in my head. If you don't like it, go change it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've been sharing that's with awesome. women all over the world is if you recognize a gap and you want to create more equality, set the standard. Mm -hmm. Go jump up there, learn how to do public speaking, learn how to code, uh, you know, like bring your perspective into it, um, fill that gap. That's great. I, you know, it, it's interesting because I, a lot of times still, it took me a long time for me to actually kind of see the world a, a lot more unfiltered. Mm -hmm. I still, you know, have times when I'm, I'm looking at a panel or I, I'm, I'm watching something that is male dominated. It doesn't even occur to me that it really shouldn't be that way just because I'm so uh, it's ingrained. You yeah, were exposed I, to that, desensitized yeah. to it. There, oh, so no, 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 go right ahead. Oh, I was going to say, there's a, there's a panel that I did at, um, it was AI related. And I um, started off by, you know, the guy who was doing the, the um, facilitator was great and he'd interviewed us ahead of time. So he'd asked somebody a question and then afterwards, like, Chris, and what do you think? And I said, oh, thank you for asking. I, I thoroughly disagree. And I and I gave my thing. And I ended up being the voice of um, the voice of a, a business view. Mm -hmm. And it and somebody said to me afterwards, like, and you were the only woman on there. And I was like, oh, I was the only woman. Like, it didn't occur to me. Huh. And in fact, I mean, honestly, I got hung up on the fact that I was the only one who didn't have a technical background. <laughs> so I was like, you know, like I was throwing out my strength. Mm -hmm. My strength was like, well, let's look at it through my lens. Mm -hmm. And it didn't even occur to me. I'm like, oh, I was the only woman, huh? I don't know. That just happens so often. I don't even think of it. Yeah. 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 I, and, I, and I don't know what we need to do to change that beyond just getting us up there and doing it. Mm -hmm. and, and, it and, and frankly, again, it shouldn't be we need more women on a panel because it's all white males or whatever. <laughs> it, it really should just be, I, I want you on my panel because you have a particular strength that mm -hmm. you bring to the. To what, what I have started doing is when I'm asked to be on a panel and I ask if they have other openings and I'm like, Oh, have you thought about, and they happen to be mm -hmm. other, other women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Net networking and, and making the connections. And again, 
lifting each nice other up. Quiet way to do making it too. It, yeah. it isn't as a, like sometimes folks can be affronted, like, oh, I, you don't have enough diversity on this panel. Well, then they're gonna kind of put their hand up a little bit and like, but that's okay. Do you want to be on the panel or not? But your approach is, are there any other open seats? Because I really have an expert I think that would really benefit this conversation. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we're running out of time. I think we only have about five minutes left. So. I kind of want to open it up to you guys. Tracy, do you have any particular questions or, or anything that you want to, I mean, how's the show been for you? Because you've been running around I've been like running a around maniac. crazy. Uh, we have a uh, book that was published, um, Reinventing Cybersecurity, uh, and it is all women and non-binaries. And so we had book signings for that and some live streaming about it. So that's been exciting. But I'm actually, this is my first RSA. Uh, so I've been so many other conferences for the last couple of decades, <laughs> um, but this is my first and it has a different feel to it. Mm -hmm. And I've been in conferences where they've been cyber before, but it has a little bit of a different feel to it this time. But I noticed on the agendas, there are tracks around human element, mm -hmm. around um, not using jargon, around mm -hmm. diversity. Was it always that way? Have you guys been at RSA before? Is it something that's always been there? Well, I will say that the leadership at RSA is very female focused. Mm -hmm. And so, again, really reflected in the agenda. Absolutely. It, you know, we're not talking about, you know, ways to detect ransomware. I mean, we are talking about that, yeah. but, <laughs> but it's, but it's also, exactly. There's, there's a real kind of emphasis on the softer skills, if you will, or the softer subjects of or maybe cybersecurity. maybe we could say well-rounded. Sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Same Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, it, it, it really does reflect and then, uh, but it wasn't always there. Yeah, okay. one thing I noticed this time, as opposed to a couple of years ago, is that there are more female speakers and there's more female sales engineers in the expo hall. Interesting. When you walk up to get a demo, it used to be majority male. Mm -hmm. And now I've got my friend Larcy's out there as a sales engineer now and all these females doing these very technical demonstrations. the expo and look for that. Yeah. Because as they were getting set up last night, they opened at five o'clock. I did like a spin through about a quarter of. And it still felt as though there was a, a woman organizer. Yeah. Um, and the troop of, of fellows Absolutely. around them. So, but that might have been me seeing it that way with my own bias. So. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, how about you? How about your experience at RSA this year? Um, I used to send people to RSA and only came once before, um, as far as like actually being here. So, it, I will say I've done the drive-by downstairs mm -hmm. and it actually did seem more similar still. Um, I think I have a different lens on it though right now. Um, I think the, where I'm seeing, it's, it's interesting. I understand about like the organizer where I'm seeing the, I haven't seen the um, female SEs. What I have seen is the data scientists because mm -hmm. as, as, as people are bringing data scientists to, to events, the very large portion that is female and the data scientists, mm -hmm. it like it goosebumps. Like yes, you know, like absolutely. And so, and I think that this is the whole thing of of us talking about like what's pushing so much female forward mm -hmm. is that's part of the thing of like good data scientists, like could be male, could be female, and there's a lot of really good female data scientists. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so that's what I've been. I saw a bit on the floor that I hadn't seen in other shows. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's great. Charity, what about you? Oh, man, I'm having so much fun. Yeah. I love this. I'm an extrovert, so okay. I, I thrive on this social time. And this time, it just feels electric. 
because everyone's so excited to be back together again. It's like a reunion in the threat intelligence community. Um, we've all been doing virtual presentations for so long and you see people, but when you see them in person, there's just something about, hey, give me a hug. It's yeah. been so, so long. So I, I love the atmosphere right now. Lots of great threat intelligence presentations we've been sitting in on. And one thing that I've noticed is different is um, that public-private partnership. We've got um, people here from NSA, mm -hmm. FBI, CISA, um, government and intelligence agencies around the world speaking about the importance of these partnerships. And I love that because in the past, it was kind of hit or miss. Mm -hmm. Some of them were a little hesitant to come out mm -hmm. and get involved. But mm -hmm. uh, so it's just it's an imperative now mm -hmm. in a different way. We can't sit idly. We can't just say government, go figure this out. Or industry, you can go have your mm -hmm. smart stuff going on over here and make a gob of money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There has to be that public-private partnership yeah. if we're going to survive right yeah. now. I love it. It's the only way we're going to be able to move exactly. it, move it for, forward. So, yes. I want to thank all of you for joining us thank today. Thank you. Charity. Yeah. And Chris and Tracy, as always. So nice. Thank you, darling. So awesome. So and I do, uh, I, I hope we can continue the conversation even well beyond today's episode. So mm -hmm. thank you both again for joining us today. Thank Thanks, you. Thank it's been you. a real, real pleasure having about. the conversation. All right, everybody, we, I think we have one more interview left and then we're going to close out day one of TechStrong TV live at RSAC, RSAC here in San Francisco. So please do stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs>